Hi guys, good morning. Any uh, good fights morning. today? Any radio hosts duking it out? Well, we're gonna we're gonna invade a couple radio stations ourselves. Actually, oh. uh, Ron Jaworski just received a legend's welcome, a god's welcome from a radio station in Philadelphia. More Country hooting and house. hollering yeah. on Radio Row. It's a guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Get things rolling with the opening bell. I think uh, we have some very good ideas that we're going to submit to the competition committee. I think there'll be a lot of focus on going to the ground, which I think uh, has been part of the confusion for everyone in respect to that rule. And I think we've got a, a great opportunity here to, to get this rule right so that everyone understands it. Mackie and Judd, day four, Radio Row. We're live here at Mall of America. And we're going to waste no time. We have a we have headliners all throughout the rest of the day. We got Mike Golick Jr., Lou Nanny, Chad Greenway, Donnie Jones, Mike Golick Sr. We got all kinds of things, but most importantly, we're going to That's start right. with the main event. It's Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune, baby. Am I a headliner? Or oh, you're a big name here. Are you kidding? On Radio Row, Chip yeah. Scoggins start from the bottom. Carries right? a lot of weight That's in this right, place. Yeah. What's going on? So you've you've taken oh, it all boy. in. Can we start? So you've you've written columns about Matt Patricia. Uh, Doug Peterson, yep. Brett Favre is going to deliver yeah. the Saturday night speech to the Philadelphia Saturday Eagles. Morning. Saturday morning. How great is that going to be? So wait, Sunday morning or Saturday Saturday morning? morning. He, uh, Peterson said yesterday that uh, we know Favre's in town for that. Uh, he has an autograph signing, I think, somewhere at the mall. And so, uh, on some yeah, so he, uh, so he's going to come speak to a team. They have a team meeting Saturday morning, so he's going to speak to them there. So, how long do you think that sucker will last? <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah. And it, and it winds up with Nick Foles throwing a devastating interception toward the end of regulation. An hour, an hour long. And Brett says, hey, if you got to take a chance, just take that chance. Throw caution to the wind. That's what I did. I only have one Super Bowl, and I lost a few huge games, but what the hell? Throw caution to the wind. Poor Nick Foles. Should Nick be. Nervous over his game? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe. He's, he's going to get done, and he's going to talk to someone in the press corps and detail every oh, eagle that's hurt. <laughs> well, their left tackle, he's, he's banged up. He's been playing hurt for a long time. Well, uh, you you didn't know that till now. Well, let me tell you, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, he actually uh, he's, he's got a ruptured spleen. I'm not sure if that's on the injury report. Speaking of which, speaking of uh, <laughs> Reveal Gate, did you, were you uh, we were in Belichick yesterday and, and a reporter from uh, – Germany, He's, he asked Belichick if he was going to bracket. Uh, he said, I know you got a great safety in tongue. Do you plan on bra giving him help or, or put a bracket around Zach Ertz, their great tight end? You just seen Belichick's face. He just looked at him like, really? You think I'm going to give you the yeah. game? <laughs> I'm going to give you the entire game plan right here. But, Chip, you, you said uh, something before the show, which I agree with. In a business where we are always begging for access and saying, you know, coaches should talk more, players should yeah. talk more. This week is too much. It's, it's unbelievable. If I was a coach, yeah. I'd go crazy. It, it's unbelievable the access. So Monday night, each team you get them for what an hour. Uh, Tuesday, got every coach and player for an hour. Wednesday, every coach and player for an hour. Today, every coach and player for an hour. It's just, and they bust these guys. I mean, they're they're yeah. bust to the Mall of America. You can you can see how coaches they aren't just making it up that it's a huge distraction yeah. and there's potential for deer in the headlights. So advantage Patriots. Yeah, in that it's, regard, yeah, right? it's pretty. It is, for me, it's the first one I've covered, so it's eye-opening to see just how much access there is to these guys. Yeah. And I thought it would just be, you know, maybe four or five players per day. I mean, it, yesterday it was great because they had, you know, coach, quarterback, 
and then they have guys on the riser, and then in another room they have every player sitting at a table, so you can just kind of yeah. bounce around. Hey, and... what did, I want, I'm curious. I, Matt Patricia is such yeah. a fascinating figure to me. So he's going to be the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. By the way, I hope he doesn't shave the beard. Yeah, I don't think I he want, is. I go yeah. Grizzly Adams on it. So you spent a little time with him yeah, earlier Monday this night. week. Tell us about Matt Patricia. Yeah, he's he's actually a really funny, cool dude. Um, like you just see, he has this, such a distinctive look on the sideline. Big bushy beard. Baseball hat turned backward. Always has the pencil in his the ear. Mike Tice pencil. Yeah, yeah. And what was great was that media day. He came out and he had the pencil. <laughs> oh, did he have it out there on Monday? He came night? out. He had he had the he didn't have his hat turned backwards. He had a hat on, but he had the leather jacket, pencil behind the Always ear. Always on brand. Nice. Yeah, and we were Brady like, with the gloves, Patricia <laughs> with the pencil. We were saying, you know what? What's up with the uh, with the <laughs> you got the pencil now? He's like, wow. My, my brain's always spinning, and I, and I carry a little notebook with me, so I always like to jot down ideas. So his backstory was he went to this prestigious uh, engineering school um, in, in uh, upstate New York. He was starting to be a rocket scientist, uh, and he was. And he, he worked in that field for, uh, for two years out of, out of college and then just decided, you know, I'm going to try. I don't know if this is what I want to do. I'm going to try coaching football and – he got on Belichick's staff and just kind of worked his way up. And uh, really interesting guy, um, incredibly smart. And it'll, it'll be fascinating to see kind of how he does as a head coach. Because if, if you look at Belichick's tree, with the exception of Saban, it's pretty undistinguished. I mean, it's, it's not that great. I no. Mean, Bill Bryan hasn't been a complete train wreck, yep. but he's Cornell probably, yeah, failed. Yeah, Josh Char Daniels Charlie was Weiss, awful yeah. his first uh, stint. He yep. also might have been – that might have been – you know, he, I think he was allowed to fall in love with Tim Tebow, yeah. who had a 45% completion percentage. Yeah. Did you uh, get a chance, Chip Scoggins? Well, I don't know, because I, I don't think it premieres until tonight at 8 o'clock, but uh, Judd and I, maybe it's the, the ESPN uh, Insider Access, but we watched the two Bills last night. Well, they were talking about it yesterday. There's and a screening or something. This yeah, they, yeah, they talked about it, but I, I think it's tonight. It's right? tonight. It is. Yeah. 8 p.m., and you will yeah. love it. It's, a, it's it? absolutely outstanding. Did you yeah. know? It's so yeah. great. I did not know this until I watched the documentary last night. Bill Belichick verbally agreed to join the Vikings coaching staff in 1984. Really? Uh, so, so the way it played out was Bill Parcells, so Belichick and Parcells were assistant coaches with the Giants like 1980 through 1983 mm -hmm. or 82. And then Parcells got promoted to head coach in 1983, and the Giants were a train wreck. Uh, they didn't have a quarterback. They were like 3-12-1. and, 12 and one. It was a three-win season for them. So it was a disaster. People were calling for Parcells' head after one year, and Belichick was one of his assistant coaches, yeah. like special teams coach or linebackers coach. And, uh, and Belichick was getting offers from other organizations, including the Vikings, who just made the move from Bud Grant to Les Steckel for the 1984 season. Yeah. And Belichick had a couple connections on the staff, verbally agreed to be, I don't think it was defensive coordinator, but it would have been like secondary coach yeah. who was going to replace somebody. And, uh, and it was written about, they showed a snapshot of, I think, a Sid Hartman column. I'm sure Sid really? yeah, sure sure wrote the that, story, yeah. yes. And, and Holy cow. And so, yep. so Bill Parcells allowed Bill Belichick during all this turmoil to go interview other places. Oh, man. And Bella, the, way, the way Belichick told it was, I had so much respect, even though I agreed to go to Minnesota in 1984, I had so much respect for the way Bill Parcells handled that scenario, allowing me to do what's best for me, I said, you know what? I want to keep working for that guy. Wow. But what if Bill Belichick had, had gotten on that the Vikings organization on that Les Steckel staff? He, he would have been have he would have been blown out along with the rest of them after <laughs> one year. Bud would have come back with Burnsy and said, "I'm coaching in '85, and Burnsy's your head coach in '86." Can, can you imagine Belichick with Les Steckel? How, how long would it take him to realize? Uh oh. It wouldn't take long, but Belichick was young then, and yeah. 
And Ste and Steckel, if if you recall, came in with that military theme. I yeah. mean, he basically ran a military camp the first day of training camp. Belichick probably would have said, I, I think I'm going back to Parcells yeah. after uh, this season. That's well, the, probably a smart move. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a really good story that uh, Peter King's Monday morning quarterback site did uh, about Belichick and Saban when they were young coaches and how they had this, <clears throat> excuse me, how this kind of secret uh, summit together where they, they their coaches didn't know that they were, and they are on different staffs. I think I want to think they met in some like small hotel in Westport or uh, West Point. Yep. No one knew they were there. They brought tapes of the cover two, and they just sat there for a week. Oh, can you imagine those two? <laughs> no started, showering, started, yeah. Just boxes of pizza. More, more football. And, and it just started this it's friendship. It's football porn. It's yeah. basically oh, football yeah. porn to those two guys. And, and those oh, two were like, God. and it just started this, you know, friendship that I mean, but can you imagine those two? And like, Saban. You know, and, and now Saban was on Belichick's Brown staff, correct? Yes. The, yep. the first time. So yeah. when Belichick got, got his chance, because you're right, the well, that, the, Cleve, the the uh, the New England Belichick coaching tree has not done that well. Yeah. Uh, but some of those Cleveland guys, including Saban, I think, did have some success was, after the fact. And there was a great story in there that um, back then Belichick decided he uh, his uh, assistant coaches couldn't talk, and so, but Saban went to the PR guy and said. Yeah, I don't plan on being the defense coordinator for the Cleveland Browns the rest of my life. I'm going to talk to the media. <laughs> Next day, he was quoted in the Akron paper. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Probably by Mark Bragg. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and so, so we're, we're actually going to talk to the director of the Two Bills documentary. Oh, that'd be great. And so is it ESPN? It's, uh, yes. it's, it's an ESPN 30 for 30, but the director is Ken Rogers, and he's been with NFL Films for like 15 years. Yeah. And so we're either it's either going to happen, and schedules are sort of fluid, it's either going to happen at 12.45 at the end of our show, or we'll, we'll record something for tomorrow so, so people when, can listen. So did they sit down last week? Or has this been an... Is this something they did for the, for the documentary? It's, yeah. No, it's a 30 for 30 full documentary. Oh, months ago. Yeah. Months ago. Summertime probably. Yeah, but it yeah. took them, like, what, two or three years to corral these guys, finally really? get them both to agree to sit uh -huh. down. And, oh, wow. I mean, they've, they, they had a... They had several years where they weren't speaking to each other yeah, when, when Belichick yeah. was the Patriots coach yeah. and Parcells was in, was in Dallas. But they, they made up probably 10 years ago. Yeah. So it, had, it wasn't like the first time they sat down in 15 yeah. years or anything, but it was fascinating. So what is the bi biggest surprise, your, your first time covering this event, Chip Scoggins, the biggest surprise, good or bad, about Super Bowl week to you? Um, not, not, nothing really a surprise that I didn't expect. Um... You know, media day was as circus-like as I thought. And probably, probably more so. Um, I, I, I honestly think probably just the amount of access that you have to these guys is more than I thought it would be. I thought it would be we're locking her down and you're not talking to these guys. Yeah. And we're gonna. It, that hasn't been the case at all. And you all. know what? For I would say for fans here, just to set the scene, we're at Mall of America Radio Row, and it's and I've never we, Judd and I've never done a Radio Row week before, so this is very new to us too. But apparently. The access for fans to just sort of watch what's going on is yeah. unprecedented in recent history. Like right now, you can stand around, you can get within five feet of the railing here, Radio Row, mm -hmm. and I'm look around the room right now. I see three gold Hall of Fame jackets. You you see about ten or fifteen more recognizable, either prominent national media figures or NFL players. I mean, chips. Chip Scoggins has like three NFL guys over his left shoulder right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so if you're a fan, it's fun just to walk around yeah. the food court and and bust out your camera phone. It's, it's and, an and, interesting yeah, time. Yeah, and it's, it, there's just an energy and buzz around this place that I think people want to kind of take in. I, I know I've had 
friends and family members said, oh, we're going to the mall just to kind of see what's going on. And I think he's like, like Kirk Cousins yeah. was in line at the yeah, Shake Shack, Shack yeah. yesterday. Kirk Cousins. Set out a $90 million guarantee here pretty soon, just waiting in line at the Shake Shack. Speaking you know. of Kirk Cousins. Hat pulled, hat pulled down, incognito Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Eric Spielman was behind him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's $50 million now, and I'll get you $50 million later. I'm, I'm going to buy his for you. Uh, we also, Aaron Rodgers is making the rounds uh, this morning. He was on uh, Golik and Wingo. He was on Good Morning Football. And Jared Allen's walking. Jared Allen's in the yep. house, too. He was on the ESPN Radio Morning Is Peterson show. coming here today? He signed an autograph somewhere. The thing is, you, yeah, he's you can make for... a lot of money just being like at stores this week if you're a player. You can make twenty grand if you're at a store this week. It is amazing how many emails you get, or I get, and I'm sure you guys are getting, with just the activities that are all over the metro with different yep. players. Um, yeah. So that, if you're a fan, and, and I know some of these things are pretty pricey, and that's unfortunate, but um, if you could pick like one of those ancillary events, you can see, you know, some former great NFL players that yeah. that you don't have to spend. 500 bucks to go. Yeah, for sure, here. for sure. So Chip Scoggins is hanging out with us for the rest of the hour here. Let's come back. Uh, you guys sort of teased this in the start to being a month ago, and Judd and I took it. We made our top 10 Vikings mm -hmm. list. Your official top 10 all-time Vikings list has been unveiled along with your colleagues. Can you remind me who? And we're going to nitpick it. <laughs> I've got your list for you. I've got exactly. it. We're going to take it apart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. We'll get into that. All kinds of other stuff, too. Mike Ola Jr. at 945. Lou Nanny at the top of the hour. Chad Greenway, 1045. Dahani Jones at 11 o'clock. He, by the way, played under Mike Zimmer for like two or three years in Cincinnati. Uh -huh. So we can get some Mike Zimmer stories from Dahani Jones in a couple hours. Mike Golick Sr. And uh, also either, either today or taped for tomorrow, Ken Rogers, the director of the Two Bills documentary. Judd, take it away live from Radio Thank you very much, sir. There are more than 65 gentlemen, exciting events taking place on every level around every corner of the Mall of America this week. And I want to talk to you about some of those, particularly what's going on today. Fan Gallery is where we are right now, the media center presented by Microsoft on Level 3. You can watch broadcasters, pro athletes, and guest celebrities like Chip Scoggins during live broadcast throughout the week. Now, we've got more today as well. I'm going to say this slowly. We've got the Old Spice Exceptional Scent event in Macy's Court at 1.30. Join the Old Spice guy, Super Bowl 50 MVP Von Miller and Isaiah Mustafa from Freeform Shadow Hunters for a meet and greet as they introduce exceptional scents for exceptional gents with the latest scents from Old Spice. Free samples from Old Spice today as well. Also, uh, the Microsoft Store, Level 1 South End, 4 to 6 p.m. Watch a panel of NFL superstars. This includes Russell Wilson, Von Miller, Greg Olson, Larry Fitzgerald discuss the charitable causes, and they're going to hang around and also uh, do a meet and greet with Fitzy doing social autographs, giveaways, and more. Make sure to share your experience by taking Mall of America with the hashtag BoldNorthMOA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And join us today at the Mall of America. Welcome back to Mall of America. Radio Row, Mackie and Judd, 9 to 1 every day down here. Chip Scoggins is hanging out with us from the Star Tribune. And we have, there it is. Hey. That's the official Chip nice Scoggins work. theme song. Between Dave Harrigan and Jonathan right there. We Very have Tennessee guys in here. Tandem two-site production happening right now between Dave Harrigan and yeah. Jonathan. By the way, Dave Harrigan's alive, everybody. Yeah. Dave Harrigan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm down about seven yeah. pounds. It's incredible. You look very oh, great. Pale so you're, uh, oh, look, you're sick, and now you're going to Slim and trim. <laughs> That's what Judd and I should I experiment need, with I the, the flu. flu plan. I hope you're not going to take my hand a few times. A day and a half of not eating is just fantastic. <laughs> so if it. I wake up in Korea this week, next week, sick. I hear the medical facilities are great. <laughs> That's right. um, so Michael Jr. will join us at 945 live. Lou Nanny at 10 o'clock. Chad Greenway. Dahani Jones. Mike Golick Sr. We, we're going to be loaded the rest of the day. Uh, Chip, 
your publication, the Star Tribune, yeah. all of the noteworthy columnists and beat writers have put out their top ten greatest Vikings list. Now, you probably submitted this weeks ago, and uh, you didn't even remember who's least, on it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I remember who. No, I didn't. I don't. I remember. I sort of remember the order. I remember We've one got through your five. Right here. I remember one through five. Oh, and now Fahu Tahi eighth. I don't know what you're thinking there, Chip. Uh, so here's Chip's list, and let's see if we can poke holes in this. Right? I'll go okay. through. We'll just go one through, through your 10. list. Okay. Number one. Let's start at number ten. Paul Kraus, mm-hmm. eighty plus career hold interceptions. The, hold the interception record. Yep. And I struggle with that one. Him or him or Ron Yer. Okay. Yes, ten is uh, number. I'll speed through it, and then we can okay, go back. Okay, all right. Sorry. Number. Yeah. So shut up, Chip. No. <laughs> uh, number nine, Mick Tinglehoff. Number eight, Chris Carter. Number seven, Adrian Peterson. Six, Carl Eller. Five, Randy Moss. Four, John Randall. Three, Fran Tarkenton. Two, Randall McDaniel. And number one, Alan Page. Yeah. Why Page over, I'm not even disagreeing, but why Page over Tarkenton? You could argue that he was the greatest what defensive lineman. Well, he won the MVP as a defensive tackle. 1969, which is, is he still the only defensive tackle that has won MVP? He might be. But Royce, who who clearly saw him play, yeah. is so adamant about that, and he saw Tarkington and Page in their prime. Yeah. That I trust Patrick on this. Yes, I really do. Well, I just think if if a defensive tackle wins league MVP, yeah. it's hard to argue that you know someone's better than that. And it's interesting how many going through this list, and he's like, "Oh, this will be pretty easy." And then you're like, "Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame is going to be a Hall of Fame, yeah. Hall of Fame." It's like. It's, right, you're leaving out a Hall of Fame or something, you know. In fact, the, I would say if there's like a honorable mention, and so I did a list. Judd and I did lists, and I went and found mine from like three weeks ago. The only the order is different. The only one that I have off my list that you have on, I took Eller off, and just because of the 20 year longevity, I put Jim Marshall on. Well, that's I, I struggled with Jim Marshall, Ron Yeri, and you know even with with Paul Krause. But then you know you're thinking. The guy holds the interception record in the NFL. Yeah. You know, say what you want about a tackle or whatever, but he, no one's had more interceptions than him in league history, so there's something to be said about that. I took uh, Krause off, which was very tough, and put Marshall at 10. Yeah. Uh, and and the, on, the only quibble that I would actually have with, with your list at all would be, in my opinion, Moss is too low. Yeah. Because I put Moss uh, three. I put pa- it three, too. Page, Ahead of McDaniel? Randall yes. McDaniel? Really? Page, Tarkington, and Moss. Defined the franchise to me. Yeah, I mean Moss. I think, you know, if if, if I had, I don't think I would put him ahead of Randall McDaniel or Tark. Maybe John Randall. Okay, we can. But mm-hmm. Randall McDaniel's yeah is the best offensive guard ever to play the game, right? I mean, it's in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's such, not. To, I'm not discrediting him, but yeah. it's also such a hard position. It is. Yeah, because he. And, and I have looking that said, at my list, such authority though. I, right. I went Tarkenton, <laughs> Page, Moss, Marshall. Tinglehoff, Carter, McDaniel seven, Kraus, John Randall, and then Peterson ten. Well, you did and Page first. I put Page second behind Tarkenton because it's the, because quarterback's the most influential position, and so it's. I mean, like yeah, I wouldn't yeah. disagree if you said no, it's Alan yeah, Page. Uh, yeah. Just like well, I wouldn't disagree if you said Randall McDaniel should be third, but I think in terms of what you're able to watch as a fan. It's easier to see Randy Moss's greatness yeah. and have it stick in your head than Randall McDaniel's because he's playing on the interior part of the offensive line. Yeah, right? and that's. You know, probably the younger generation would would put Moss. Oh, there's no one bigger oh, than Moss. Moss yeah, 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 yeah. And and go through this list and think about how many guys either were the best at their position or changed the game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and, long, and longevity. I mean, Mick Tinglehoff. Fran Tarkenton scrambling, mobile yeah. quarterback, right? Randy Moss changed the way people yep. drafted. Chris yep. Chris Carter's hands alone. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Adrian Peterson, I don't know if he changed the game, but Adrian Peterson is maybe the last vestige of that old, you know, bell cow running back. John Randall. Yards. Yeah, John Randall has a pass rushing mm-hmm. tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went uh, Paige Tarkington, Moss, Eller, Peterson, Randall McDaniel, Chris Carter, Johnny Randall, Tinglehoff, and Marshall. So you had and Peterson what? Five? I had him five. And you had him somewhere on the – you had him seven. Seven. So I, I, thoughts on this. I put him ten. Individually, he's one of the great individual. Yeah. If you're just looking at what you did as an individual at your position, he's going to be, you know, in his stretch of prime, one of the greats of all time. Not the most team-centric guy, and I think, you know, if you take away the Brett Favre season, they didn't do a lot because of him. Like they they yeah. built their team around him and didn't have a lot of team success. So I ding him for not being as influential has, as a teammate. Has his of all the guys on the list has the. How should I say this? The memory of him and his, the way we view his career, suffered more lost than the other guys. Lost his luster more yeah. than the Probably. other guys. Probably, yeah, yeah. And and part part of what's sad about the story here is that he won't quit. He won't stop. I mean, we we saw the, the report come out on Wednesday that the Cardinals are going to l- let him go now. And I mean, he has this whole thing where I plan on playing for a long time still. And you're going to get to a point where teams are like, pass, well, pass, somebody, no, thank you. you is I he mean, done? He's getting well, very close he, to. He's done, but he might not be done. He'll, that's he'll get yeah. he'll get another chance or two, I think. But that's going to be it. Ooh, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot left there, Chipper. He's thir- He's going on 33. And you know, what kind of contract? And it, well, right. And and is he going to play on a one-year minimum deal? I, I'll I'll Boy. put it this way. I think I, I, I think Judge by that, Judge Wright. He's going to try to play. But if, if anybody was unsure about, take today's NFL. And what Adrian Peterson is at this age, and you know his lack of skill sets on third down catching the ball. Like, what value does he add other than once in a while a bowling ball on fourth and two from the, you and know? And you've now seen that with three teams. You saw it last year with the Vikings when he was, you know, when he was healthy. You saw it with the Saints where there was nothing there, and then you saw. It, I mean, he had a, he had a, like one nice game with Arizona, right? Then he have one. Yeah, he had, he had one, two pop up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But by he got hurt again. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. But teams are much more, if it comes down to, you know, I've got a million dollars to spend, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, I mean, you'd much rather have a scat back type guy Correct. unless he fills that hole of, hey, you're only going to get the ball in short yardage situations. Yeah. But even then, like, that's not, there's other players that can check that. He box. also hurt himself greatly with the Saints because he proved he can't play nice. He yeah. can't play. It's got to be him or nothing. Mm-hmm. And and he's to the point now where you're going to be like, well, no, that doesn't work. So so we've got these two other guys, and you're going to play situationally. And by the way, we're not going to pay you. And he's going to be like, but I'm one of the greatest of all time. And the team's going to say, well, that's fantastic. You were, but that's over. It'll be interesting to see how the Hall of Fame voters view his career. And, he'll get in, right? I, oh, I oh, think he'll, so. He'll but get I, but in. I don't think he's the first I thought he was. I thought he was, and I tweeted that out a few weeks back, and I got immediate feedback saying I, I was crazy. And the more I thought about those tweets, I think I'm wrong. Yeah. I think he get. I think he goes in for sure. Yeah. I don't. I think he what he was at one time, probably perceived in that vein, but he's not now. Yeah. I think well, it'll take some time. So he is, you know, by, by at least coming back, and there was, there's a logjam all-time rushing yards list. There's a logjam between like. Thurman Thomas at 16 with 12,000, all the way up to the into the top 10 with Eric Dickerson's. By playing a couple of years, even partial seasons, he went from mid 20s to 12th all time in rushing. So at least now he can say, "I'm I'm fringe top 10." If he were to come back to get to the top 10, 
all he'd have to do is rush for like 30 yards in his next game and he'd pass Jim Brown. So he, if he came back and even played in one game and took 15 yeah. handoffs, he would be a top 10 all-time yard And he guy. has an MVP. Yeah, so he'll and, and touchdowns, I'm sure he's up there in rushing touchdowns. He'll get in. He'll, he'll get, get in. in, but whether it's whether it's the off-the-field stuff and him getting suspended for 15 games, to answer your question from before, some of these guys on these top 10 Vikings list, he's the one that you look at and say for off-the-field reasons and because of the fumbles in the NFC Championship game, just the, the lack of ended. success on third down, it's just kind of a, eh, it's a it's I a think that's the thing. Yeah. I think it's the end. The end is becoming sadder by the year, and that impacts how people think about you when they go into that room to vote eventually. Well, that's the thing. It's like how many yes. Viking fans were just ready to be done and move on from a great player? Yeah, and a lot by the end because he couldn't, he couldn't block and he couldn't catch passes. And, it, the and, Dal- office, and yeah. Dalvin Cook is, is going to yeah. come back now and, and hopefully for his sake play a full year in 2018. And guess what? He's going to be great in three facets of the game. And Adrian, yeah. at his greatest, was great in one facet of, of the game. Back, won to, the ball. back to the Allen Page or Fran Tarkenton, who's the best player in franchise history yeah. argument. You could. This is why I, I, I flip a coin. Yeah. You could either say quarterback's the most influential position and Fran Tarkenton sort of revolutionized mm-hmm. the mobile quarterback and, and he was the key figure on those most of those Vikings teams anyways at the most important position but you could also say the Vikings had one of the two or three best defenses and at times the best defense in the NFL for a decade stretch and Alan Page was the best player on the best defense and that was your bread and butter on four Super Bowl teams yeah yeah and it's like you said that's a flip of a coin but I just to me when when a when a defensive tackle wins league MVP, that tells you how dominant he was in, in that era. Why did they track sacks back in the day? Like, who's the, who's the and why, why has NFL Films not just gone back and t- like Maybe watched because every game passing was just not as... I, it I, makes no I, sense I don't know. I don't know. It took him until 1982 to track the stats. Like, I we know. don't know how 82? many sacks Carl Eller had. Yeah. Like, how, <laughs> why? why? How, how around 1970 yeah. do you not start to say, you know what? We're the National Football League. It might yeah. be a good idea yeah. to track this incredibly key statistic for our defensive well, players. And here's the amazing thing. So Major League Baseball, now I guess this is in association with Major League Baseball, there's a company called RetroSheet. It's RetroSheet.org. It's a it's a volunteer uh, group, I guess you could call it, yeah. <laughs> that has spent the last 15 years, and this is how Baseball Reference gets all their stats going back to the 1800s. Yeah. This group of people has gone back and they have collected box scores. Even people, if you were, if your great grandpa was at a game in 1920, scoring the game, or if a oh, broadcaster wow. was, and that's how they filled out all of this information going back to the old timey time, yeah. 1875. <laughs> NFL Films has been around for a long time. Can't you go back to 1950 it? and just sort of watch all the games and give us how many sacks did Carl Eller have? Well, that's you know, why I wonder that they haven't. I'm sort of surprised with their resources that they haven't gone back and just watched every film and said. Are okay, we're, we're getting up to date. Yeah. And if they have, hey, Pro Football Reference, yeah, go talk to are the uh, games go gone? Talk to NFL Films. I mean, back in those days, they they could have burned the you know thrown those tapes away. Those yeah. games might. I mean, the, not in the seventies. The, the highlight packages exist, but I I wonder if the games aren't all intact or something, and they can't go back and track them. I don't know. It does. Seem, it seems really really odd that this league waited until nineteen eighty two to yeah. start tracking that statistic. Yeah. Well, let's uh, uh, pressures let's, I get. Okay. Let's take a quick right. break here, gentlemen, from Radio Row, Mall of America. It's an absolute circus out here again, and uh, it's fun. There's Hall of Famers everywhere. Michael Jr. will join us in person in about fifteen minutes. Chip Scoggins hanging out. Judd, you have a message for the people. I do indeed, Phil. I want to talk to you about my friends at Prime Mortgage Lending and my friend in particular, Kent Mikola. And here's an important word for Kent and his team at Prime, and that word is very, very simple. It's trust. 
whether it's your friends, your business partners, your teammates, so much of success is based on trust. The two teams that are going to be playing in the big game here on Sunday, guess what they got going for them? A level of trust that makes them so successful. If you're shopping for a new mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers, and that means you can count on uh, Kent. And that also means the important thing is you can trust them. If you're considering a refi, the Prime team will take the time to understand your goals and your situation to make sure that a refi puts you in a better financial position. Even if you're not sure if a refi makes sense for you, guess what? You can talk to Prime and you can find out. Here's the key with Prime and Kent. They would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. I'll say it again because it's important. They would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. You can trust them. That's Prime in Bloomington. Go online at primewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Do it today. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID 69551. Conditions may apply. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile on Saturday, March 24th. Bring your lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is now open, and all runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip technical pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. Mackie and Judd back from uh, Radio Row, uh, third floor, Mall of America, joined by uh, our buddy Star Tribune columnist, sports columnist Chip Scoggins. All right, sir, so the Zolgad plan is officially dead. Yeah. Uh, two nights ago, the Zolgad plan got blown up. That was a fun 24 hours for you, huh? It was fun. <laughs> Alex. It, it wound up being like a week and a half. Yeah, oh, it was great. Yeah, it was yeah. fun programming. <laughs> yeah. Alex Smith uh, gets traded and signed to a four-year extension. He goes from uh, Kansas City to Washington which now means that uh, Kirk Cousins is going to hit the market. Mm -hmm. If you are Rick Spielman and your options are uh, franchising or re-signing Case Keenum, uh, Teddy certainly fits in the equation potentially, and I would guess Sam doesn't, or pursuing Kirk Cousins at a very expensive price. I saw, I saw a starting speculated figure of $94 million guaranteed. What are you thinking this morning? I go big. You I, don't, I, you're in? Yeah. I... I, I I just think um, this is their time with this roster. They have the cap space. Um, I think you have the window with that defense, with the core of that defense, I think it's about four years with where they are age-wise, contract-wise. Um, I, I, you know, people say, oh, Cousins is not worth that. Well, it's all relative. And, and I don't think Cousins has been surrounded by the greatest supporting cast in, in Washington. And you can say, well, a guy who's making that kind of money, should make everyone else better. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I, I really do. I think he. Um, I think he would put this team over the top. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it would, you'd probably have to swallow hard to, to write that check. I mean, long, but long term, does it give you pause that you you might have to say bye to a Stefan Diggs at some point, or you, or one of you, like an Eric Kendricks? You know what? If you feel like that you're there, that you're you're right there on the cusp of being a championship team, <laughs> it's just like with the Wolves. You know, when they traded Jimmy Butler, yeah, did it stink having to get rid of, you know, some of those young guys, Zach Levine? Yeah, but if you feel like you're ready to make a push, then there's going to be some pain involved with it, whether it's financial or having to give up or not being able to re-sign, you know, one of your core guys. But is there any position more important than the quarterback? Absolutely not. What do you see in Cousins that makes you think that? Because, I, I mean, we've certainly seen some good things. Uh, that team has not been super successful. What do you see now, that, that leads you down the path of a five-year contract? I think he's a winner. That much. I think he's a winner. I like his his leadership. Um, and maybe I'm – physically, I think he's 
got all that right, you know, the throws and all that. And, and yeah, there's been some moments where he's looked not good, um, but that's probably any quarterback, and he hasn't had any kind of running game. What's his offensive line yeah. situation? But I, I remember, and maybe this is where I kind of is clouded my judgment, but I was at a Big Ten media day when he was a senior, and it's in Chicago, and they have a big banquet before, and then they have one player give a speech. And he gave the most incredible speech I've ever heard from a college athlete. It was, you walked out of there and you're like, I mean, people were literally Was it better blown than the Tim away. Tebow, uh, the, the, Liter- the scribble down note where he Literally told- blown away. And you're like, this guy is a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Just the presence, charisma, leadership. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I think he has that intangibles uh, about him. I think he's, you know. Physically, can do the things, everything you want. Um, he just needs, I think, if you if you surround him with the right system, offensive line, wide receivers, yeah. running game, I think he would fit nicely. So I lean. So I mean, you're in. Judd is out on Kirk Cousins. I lean more toward Chip on this because I. This is where you have to make decisions. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone for Teddy Bridgewater long term still, but this window to win a Super Bowl is now. It's not in three years. No. Can t- what, what, what makes me pause on Bridgewater isn't, what can he be in two years? I mean, I, I'd love to see that. Is he going to be good enough in September or October with that tough schedule, having not really played in years, to sit in this vehicle and drive it the way it needs to be driven? And here's Kirk the thing, Cousins I, I, is. Yeah, and, and uh, with Keenum and the franchise tag, and I would be fine with that, but I look at it this way. At the end of next year, do you think the way you feel about Case Keenum is going to be any different? Um, I think it might be less than I, yeah, I think I, of him now. I, I think, think it might be, have been the best season he ever has. Yeah. And so at that point, you're still going to have to make a decision whether you want to give him a long-term deal or you're going to draft or you're going to go out. And so it's, it's almost like you're putting off making a decision for a year because I don't know that how we feel about Case is going to change. It was some. a summer fling. I'm fine letting it be a summer fling. It's not a marriage. Case Keenum, hey, hey, we are, we're going back to school here. And we're going back to college, separate coasts. Are you going to stay in touch? Let's not, let's, <laughs> Are you like, at least I'll send you a text when I get once in a while. It doesn't need I to be I found someone new case. Sometimes people come into your life for short moments of time, and you let it be what it is. That's what Case Keenum is for the Vikings to me. Yeah, and, it, and, that's, and that makes sense. But if you feel like, you know, if, 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 if uh, Spillman and the Will family feel like, you know, we just can't commit that kind of money to, to uh, Kirk Cousins, I, I would be fine with bringing Case back. Um, but he, to me, he has to be the guy. I would not say, you know what, we're comfortable with where Teddy is. He's our starter. I, I don't. I think that's too big a gamble with with this roster where it's at right now. Yeah. I, I think the market for Cousins is going to be so competitive and so high that it's going to get too rich. And someone could. And someone's going to do. My personal feeling about this is someone's going to do something so incredibly stupid that the you Jets. say I, I can't match that. Yeah. The Jets. And <laughs> the Jets. The Jets have more cap money than the Vikings, yeah. and they're There's just a, as bad I mean, for a quarterback. Yeah. Jets, Browns, Bills, Cardinals, Broncos, potentially Jaguars. I mean, yeah. you've, you've, someone's going to do something where you, where you look at the guaranteed cash and say, I can't justify that because I have too many players who are going to have to walk if I do well, it. Well, and that's the that's other thing. my problem with it. And, and Spielman, they have done a good job of uh, massaging the salary cap, knowing they got all the defensive guys locked up, but you do have to do Diggs. You do have to do Anthony Barr and, and Eric and Kendricks. Kendricks. And, and Hunter, too, as well, and you know who Hunter, I really yeah. like. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's my fear. I, I told Phil this. I think there's two plans here. I think at Winter Park, their, their two plans are a Keenum franchise and and get and convince Teddy to come back, or a Teddy plan. And we're going to be, I think we might be, whoa, what's, 
This seems odd to us. Yeah. But these guys love Teddy. But but you have to come back and say, do you think you can win the Super Bowl with Case Keenum as your quarterback? I don't think so. I I, I would have said with la- with last year's infrastructure, I said yes. And they didn't, and it wasn't necessarily his fault in yeah, that last yeah, game. Yeah. I don't think you can put all the ingredients together the same way and lean on that defense and hope the Case Keenum is the same guy. I think you have to you, you have to prepare for an upgrade in some way. And if yeah. you think Bridgewater can be that, that's where just one more thing on Cousins here. We got a break pretty soon to get yeah. to Michael Lee Jr. What you were saying about the press conference he gave in college or the impassioned speech. There's a great article that came out late 2017. We went over this a couple days ago on the show. Sports Illustrated. He is Tom Brady Jr. behind the scenes. Mm. Like, he, he is obsessive with preparation. Yeah. He's obsessive with studying. Uh, he has a brain coach that helps him reduce anxiety in key moments during games. I mean, he, your brain coach? Judge he, mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, this stuff might sound woo-woo or hokey, but, but he's all in on... He actually loves the preparation of games yeah. more than the actual games themselves sometimes. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, yeah. but if you're wondering, is he going to get paid and then, you know... Be a flop preparation-wise. Yeah, that no. is not a concern. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that, that all factors in. Yeah, yeah. Chip, good stuff, man. Yeah. Thanks for hey, I'll over. see you guys when I uh, I'm back. Three weeks weekend. away, right? Three weeks. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take care. Yeah. Travel safe. All right. All right. Good Thank luck. You. Good luck. Uh, uh, hey, I'll call from Korea. Yeah, let's, yeah, I'll let's call do from some Korea. segments from uh, from yeah. the Olympics there. Send all a right. postcard too. Yeah. <laughs> Check in. We'll be worried about Also, you. Chip's got all kinds of great coverage on StarTribune.com and in the newspaper from Super Bowl week from uh, the press conferences, behind-the-curtain stuff. Go check out the Matt Patricia article. It's good stuff. Let's come back. Michael Jr. will join Lou Nanny at the top of the hour, Chad Greenway in about a half hour from now, Dahani Jones, who's uh, he's a, he's a, an entrepreneur uh, investor these days but played for Mike Zimmer for two or three years in Cincinnati. Mackie and Judd live on Radio Rome, all of America. Welcome back, Radio Rome, all of America. If you're wondering about events this weekend, maybe you're going to take a day off tomorrow and you're surveying the landscape around the Twin Cities and you're seeing all the buzz and you're wondering, where do I start? Mallofamerica.com is a great place to find details for all of the exciting events happening now, tomorrow, throughout the weekend associated with Super Bowl 52, mallofamerica.com. And also, uh, don't forget a, a special edition of a Purple Podcast with uh, Collar and yours truly at the Beacon Public House inside the Graduate Hotel, 4 p.m. We are going to uh, tape today. Former Vikings Doug Sutherland and Ricky Young will join us. We will have four VIP Super Bowl experience passes to give away as well. Right. So. That'll be a cool event. Again, it's at the Beacon Public House inside the Graduate Hotel, 4 p.m. today. Hey, real quick before Mike Goley Jr. joins the show, by the way, uh, 1500 ESPN helped take Goley Jr. and Katie Nolan ice fishing for the first time yesterday. Katie Nolan apparently caught a huge fish. Yeah. So we'll get into that here. Lou Nanny at the top of the hour. But uh, just to wrap up our quarterback conversation, we've, we basically, we're down to four names here. Unless they, unless they swing a deal for somebody on, like, Matthew Collar's list of five, right? God forbid, Real quick, yes. confidence rankings in Keenum, Bridgewater, Bradford, and Kirk Cousins with context. So, like, you yeah. pay Kirk Cousins. Like, what's the highest percentage you're confident in any of them, including, oh. like, the ramifications of the roster? Oh, that's... Real quick, we got 30 seconds, and Goalie Jr. is coming over here. Uh, I say if Teddy's healthy, Teddy one, uh, Cousins two, um, Keenum three, right on. and Bradford four. Okay. There he is. Okay. Look at this guy right here. Hey, how you doing? How are you? What's going Good on? Are you rocking sorrel boots right now? What do you have on your feet right now, Mike Gola oh, Jr.? Yeah, yeah I, got the, I, went, I went with the boots right Some now. Some clodhoppers, baby. Yeah, throw the headset there in. There you are. You'll sound better with that on. So, um, 
Oh yeah, they got teeth on them. They're ready to kick through anything. Shouldn't you have like 15 PR handlers with you right now in like a like a jewelry box or something? Oh my God, I wish I'd say you need a gold jacket to be pedaling that kind of <laughs> stuff right now. I want to get on that Jerome Bettis tip. I heard he's out here slinging butter. Like that butter. is. Oh yeah, Lando Lakes. Yeah, sure. Lando Lakes. Like that speaks to me. Like selling butter and stuff like that. Obviously, I feel like I could be a spokesperson in a positive sense for Tide Pods because I'm someone who kind of understands both sides of this movement. Yeah, wait, both sides wait. of the argument. Yeah. How so? In that I know you're not supposed to eat Tide Pods, <laughs> yes. and I can also explain the phenomenon to people that may not be familiar with it. Like, I think Terry Bradshaw is around here talking on behalf of Tide, and there's no way he knows what the Tide you Pod know, challenge is. You know, Thank <laughs> God. Although, it might explain some, some of the things he says on TV sometimes. Maybe he got into the Tide Pods during his career. Who knows? Tide Maybe Pods weren't around then. And, oh, but oh, you had to make your own and, back yeah. in the 70s. By the way, Tide Pods... The greatest thing of, of all time. Oh. For those of us who are, are lazy and forced <laughs> to do laundry, the Tide Pod is a godsend. Don't eat it, but the use of the Tide Pod correctly is a godsend. Pre yeah, yeah, present and accounted for yes. as far as the person that was tailor-made for. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Back in the day, Terry Bradshaw's day, you had to do it the old-fashioned way and for mix sure. up your own Tide Pods. It wasn't all this instant gratification that the millennials no. have brought on It was us. uphill both ways to get the supplies as well. Mike Golick Jr. is hanging out with us. He's been a weekly guest on our show all year. You went ice fishing yesterday Yeah. Katie Nolan and a bunch of others. So uh, how was your experience? Did you catch anything? Did anyone fall in and die? So we got close. We they, they gave us the auger. We were able to drill some holes. I was amazed because it's just a normal power drill strapped into the biggest drill bit of all time. So that was awesome. Does that I make you feel a little nervous, though, that like you can pretty much power drill through the thing you're standing on, like the, the thing that's between you and... A suffering death. Yeah, you know what? The thing is, is like after a while, I'm dumb enough to where that stuff won't really register once I feel it sturdy enough underneath me. The minute you give me some stability, my peanut brain just sort of adjusts its mechanisms and we keep going. As far as the actual fishing, it's kind of like my Twitter account. I was a volume shooter. I caught a lot. I probably caught, no joke, uh, 15, you know, 16 fish. They were all crappie. They're all little ones. And listen, Katie Nolan. Big time name goes bigger goes home. She sits around there and I'm giving her grief. All of a sudden she pulls up like a like a white striped bass and just yanks <laughs> yanks it out of there. It's like a three pounder. She pulls up a, a dolphin just comes out of there. So we did that and we actually had a first. So the guy the guys from the group that brought us out there said they had never seen this before. I hook a fish. I pull it up there. I'm reeling it back. I'm feeling myself. I haven't you know taken it off the line yet. And all of a sudden it like dives back towards the hole and I'm like all right we got a fighter like I'm gonna try and pull it back up and it is really fighting me on the way back down meanwhile Katie's over there and she has just hooked an absolute Loch Ness monster and she is reeling this thing in everyone's gassing her up while I try and figure out where this fish is trying to go and all of a sudden they see there's two lures sunken sunk in its mouth we, <laughs> we hooked the same fish I had reeled it up my hole. She was trying to reel it back down into the depths. They said they'd never seen so that before. So you were before. fighting for it. So yes, we were fighting over the fish, and I think she was starting to win. That's why I called the fight early. Well, that is so <laughs> smart, man. So what was the ending? So did one of you have to unhook the... Yeah, thankfully we had you know, professionals on hand who kind of got down there in the middle of it and tried to make something work because had either of us gone there, I already had stuck myself multiple times on that. It, you know, Katie accidentally stuck one of the guys on there with her hook and was mortified. Those guys kind of tell her it happens all the time out it's there. It's still but mortifying, yeah. It's yeah, you know, it happens. So yeah, yeah. Enjoyable experience? Where, where would you rank this experience among your outdoors activities through your life? All time. I am a huge ice fishing, ice fishing fan now. They had to pry my dad and I away from it when we were all done. We were sitting out there like, we have to go back. You guys have more work to do. Yep. Yeah. So and with beers, it's fantastic, too. <laughs> 
you, few beers out there. You put forget the cameras. Get rid of the cameras. In a warm shed, fishing yep. with a bunch of beer all day. They brought in cheddar bratwurst at the end. I, I, I mean, there are some days you just kick back and can't believe that we draw a paycheck. In fact, in fact, that right there—that's your sponsorship the rest of the day here. Mike Golick Jr. on behalf of Cheddar Worst. Oh, I mean, are they listening right now, guys? We can do this. I believe in the power of us together. I love cheddar brats that much. I'm more. This is going to be sacrilege coming from uh, a three-decade Minnesotan. I'm more into Cheddar Worst than the Juicy Lucy. The Juicy Lucy is too much of a hot cheese blast, and it fries your tongue for two weeks. That is dangerous. The yeah. Cheddar Worst is just little smatterings of cheese. A little—it's like little shots of cheese. It was. It was. It was tasteful. You right. know what that is? And when you're thinking Cheddar Worst, you're not exactly thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a tasteful, well-proportioned experience." But it absolutely is. Correct. Here, here's the key thing: Juicy Lucy. What you need to do is you need to cut it up a little bit, get the steam out, so it starts to cool off just a, a little bit. And then you have to tip the burgers on their side. That's fine. The cheese doesn't. That's fine. It's a pain in the ass. Have the have the beer right by you, so if it, it's a bit hot, you can immediately. Have the beer there. To I thought cool you were going to gonna dunk. I thought we were going to start to really combine forces. If I had, if I had a, enough to drink, fair food item right there. I might, anyway. I might. If I had enough to drink, that might not be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the that dunk comes, idea. I like. I feel like that comes to the territory when you're eating something called the Juicy Lucy. Like you should be in a, a, a drunk enough state where it's yeah. like. Yeah, you know what, Duncan, I, this feels right. right. you got to try one. My tongue is bleeding, it. and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> is there is there a case, be honest, it is it is a Minnesota audience that's listening right now, but be fully honest, is there a case for a Super Bowl to come back here more than once every 26 years slash every new stadium? Or is it just, it's like 22 below windchill today. Is that too aggressive for the non-natives? I was cool because when we went out ice fishing, it really was a beautiful day. I got out there and way overdressed. I ended up taking off my jacket. I was out there basically in the bib and a t-shirt just enjoying it. And I was like, you know what? If this is the Minnesota I'm getting during the winter, sign me up. And then walking in this morning, <laughs> I essentially got punched in the face yeah. by wind. I walked in and my eye was watering. Yep. I was like, who, did you guys see who hit me? Yeah. It is insane. I would lobby, you know what? I'll give it to you more frequency than 20 six years but maybe not more than every fiber just okay, wait for okay, sunday it's supposed to be uh, freezing cold and, and the walk now now you, you can get to the stadium through the skyway a little bit but if you have to go outdoors which i think you probably do just wait it, it will be the last super bowl until a new stadium is it, built and i'll be dead by then we've been by the telling way. people too so we got a little snowfall last night we actually had a week and this could easily happen if, if the timing was different a week ago the largest one-day snowfall since 2010 the day the metrodome roof collapsed so like that that can happen this time of year. Uh, well, I heard about that because I, I was talking to uh, Kyle Rudolph, one of my former college yeah, teammates. Sure. I was with him and his wife, and they were talking about that and said that it snowed so much, and you guys up here are built way tougher for that stuff than we are back in the East Coast where if you get a report of three or four inches coming, they're canceling school the next day. Chains on had, tires, yeah. They had 18 inches coming overnight, and they still sent the kids in. The problem was they got there, and then they got snowed into the school, which is the most you know hellish experience I can imagine being a kid, especially elementary school. Unless age. every meal is Italian dunkers for the next five days. In oh, which case, it's actually God. heavenly. Or yeah, chicken patties. Chicken patties, Bosco sticks, a little oh, walking taco. So good. It's all deadly. Red Baron pizza. <laughs> Uh, just take me back, please. <laughs> hey, uh, Kirk Cousins is going to get, what, $94 million approximately probably in guaranteed cash. Yeah. Your, your thoughts about him, because he's going to be a name that's going to be bandied about in this town. Uh, yeah, the Vikings need a quarterback. Starts. They have to figure that out. Because you got Keenum, Teddy. Yeah. You, you got basically a conundrum here. Yeah, I think, but I think you've got a rest of the team that's so good you don't need to overpay for a quarterback to that end. Mm -hmm. I think you can... 
continue to use the rim the way they did with Case this year. Now, we've seen in other instances in the past, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the name that most recently comes to mind, where if you buy in on one great season as emblematic of a guy's whole career and try and keep banking on that, you might get burned. But it's shown you that you don't need marquee, top-level, top-five quarterback play with this kind of team. You saw that here. You saw that in Jacksonville. Hell, you're seeing it to an extent with Philadelphia right now, although their best effort was when Nick Foles was throwing for 300-plus. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is you can get your ass kicked in the NFC Championship game with Brett Favre or with Case Keenum if exactly. you're a Vikings fan. All, or all, a devastating ending of some kind. Exactly, yes. And the, the cell phone will be used at least a little bit more appropriately in yeah. the latter. <laughs> we, well, to this point, we don't know. Yes, Keenum exactly. Might have, might have skeletons. We're not sure. Hey, good to see you. Hey, Mike always Gold a pleasure. Good you, it's man. been great all season you. with you. Thank you, uh, guys. You go, go, uh, go promote your cheddar worst now. Yes, on Radio Row. exactly. We'll make it will, happen. Lou Nanny or Luke Nan will join us when we come back next.